Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the enterprise editor at the Times. Today's topic, how to heal. Recently, I gave Lane a thankless assignment. <laughs> Do something, anything, enterprising in the wake of the election. What we had anticipated before November 3rd was that we'd have a great narrative to tell somewhere in Florida, as a county here or there dealt with the 2020 version of dangling chads. But lo and behold, Florida was done early on election night and not mired in any controversy. Really, we're still pinching ourselves. So anyway, since editors are not the most adaptable creatures, we stayed focused on coming back with something post-election. We kicked around some thoughts and settled on this notion. How do we move forward after all this anger and division? We asked reporters in our newsroom if they had sources they'd talked to at the polls, people who might weigh on, on this question, and they did, happily. But they also offered words of caution about whose perspective this story was going to capture. To think of America in terms of needing unity, they said, is really is an older, wider view of the situation. For more diverse and younger Americans, healing isn't the goal, change is. They were used to living with tension. So good, lots of things to think about and a moving target in terms of the focus. Lane, get to it, right? So here's what we ended up with. She's going to read the top, and then, of course, we'll talk more about it, and we'll include the whole story. But, but here's how this story began. Jennifer Fuentes wants people to take down their yard signs, talk about issues instead of ideologies, learn to listen. She wants to eat Thanksgiving dinner with her extended family, even the Republicans. Billy Overcast wants people to keep waving Trump flags, hold rallies, refuse to surrender. He wants to eat Thanksgiving dinner with all of his kids, even the Democrats. A week after Joe Biden was elected the next U.S. president, the country remains fiercely red and blue. Friends and families still are fractured. People from both parties feel angry and afraid. They argue over who's to blame, why we got here, how to fix it. Political science professors, psychologists, and therapists across Tampa Bay say the nation is suffering from deep wounds, which will leave scars. Change will be slow, they said, and require compromise. But there are things we can do, things politicians should do, ways to open dialogue. Because of the pandemic, people aren't getting to interact with other people who have different viewpoints. We're not going to school, church, or the gym, said Sarah Hoffman, a former therapist who now teaches psychology at Eckerd College. We have a lot more time to spend in our own heads, so we're not thinking as clearly. Fuentes, 30, is a social worker, a Tampa Democrat whose mom came from Cuba. Politics, she said, should bring people together. It's going to be difficult to heal, but I have hope, she said. We have to humanize people. Once we eliminate the us-v-them language, we'll start to see each other and become one country again. 
Overcast, a 75-year-old St. Petersburg Republican who fought in Vietnam, doesn't think the election is over. But he also wants the country to start coming together. I hope, but don't think, we can bridge this divide, said Overcast, who retired from manufacturing pacemakers. And whatever side you're on, don't gloat over the outcome. That will only make things worse. Maybe it's too soon. Emotions are raw. Lawsuits are looming. Still, we need to remember we're all on the same team here. We're all U.S. citizens, said Jacqueline Flood, a counselor at the University of South Florida's College of Medicine. It's possible for members of the same team to have different beliefs and views. So his story was hard, right? Really, really hard. <laughs> and as... <laughs> And and as Lane points out, rightfully points out, we're trying to do a story. The election's not even technically over yet because, of course, it's still dragging on. By the time this podcast airs, I'm sure it's still going to be unresolved in some minds. Um, but this, we were talking about this before that Saturday that you know enough states had been called for Biden. Um, so, and we were, and it. it Really, it was a hot mess in a lot of different ways. I totally acknowledge that. We had a second reporter on it, and then she couldn't get her stuff done because she was going to focus on a family, and they she couldn't get that worked out, and she's in the middle of a project. So Lane was left holding his bag of lemons. <laughs> and um, anyway, yes, so let's talk about how we worked our way out of this thing. <laughs> to talk about this story in a weird way because I, I think it's important to know that I still have to do stories I hate, right? I still have to do stories I don't want to do, that I don't understand. Like, my piece of the story at the beginning was, okay, my friend has all, you know, she's got this great family that's totally divided. Well, let's do a narrative around the family, and I'll go find the experts to be the glue, you know, to be the transitions. But I started reporting it, like you said, like the week before it was even called for Biden, so I didn't want to talk to people about their opinions about the election. I wanted to go... What do we do after this is all over? But that's a weird place to be reporting too, right? Like normally I would be out there like talking to people on election day or talking to people, you know, at the different headquarters or whatever. And here I'm on the phone just like trying to cold call rando people and see if, you know, they have any thoughts. And so even the process was like not fun. You know, it was, we didn't really have a firm idea. We didn't have a character or a scene or even, I mean, I guess it helped a lot when we came up with that question of how are we going to heal and I remember calling you that Saturday afternoon and going, oh, my God, that's what Biden's talking about. So some, somehow we got on that idea of like, yes, this is how we need to move forward. But it was really hard figuring out like get, where to get traction in that as a reporter. And yes, I still owe Lane for the, I'm going to owe that Lane for this one for quite a while. But um, but yeah, but and, you know, I, I do understand that push pull. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this podcast have it, you know, the the idea of like, look, we want something deeper. We want to go, you know, the, the election's over or <laughs> allegedly it's over. And we're trying to get at something uh, that we can just something that's going to be really in, revealing and impactful. We had in our minds that maybe Lane would end up at uh, Magolar or Maro Largo. Jeez, I always forget. Mira Largo, um, his place, Trump's place. And um, maybe there would be a great story in what was happening around there. But, um, and then of course, wondering maybe again, like there would be some drama somewhere playing out and then the story would be obvious and then the story would be right there in front of you. And then that didn't happen. So having to pivot. Um, so you ended up with, you've got these experts, they're telling you some stuff. And then that's what we have. At the, like we had 
people telling us stuff, which, um, and it was good stuff, but it was like just sort of random sort of advice about, you know, where we are. And um, I think it really started to gel when you found a, a person to, to speak for each side. Yeah. And so I, I spent that week before the election was called doing all the experts, you know, and I was trying to think of everybody from like family counselors, you know, helping people get through Thanksgiving to like psychologists for people who were really depressed or struggling to, um, you know, oh, political science professors about has it ever been this bad before this kind of a divide. So I kind of just cast a wide net in terms of what experts would talk to me. And I wasn't really looking for diversity in who the experts were. I was looking for diversity in who the sub what their subjects were that the experts could talk about. You know what I mean? But then when we kind of put a note out, we realized our one family wasn't going to work. We kind of put a note out on the Slack channel, like, does anybody have sources they met covering the election or, or covering the run-up to the election? And we got a lot more like, hey, be careful than we did like actual sources and connections, you know? Like, be careful, make sure you represent all the different races. Be careful you represent all the different ages and genders and everything you can think of and it became really overwhelming to me to think like how am I in my little living room (laughs) gonna find all these people who represent all these different communities just to be a voice of that and then also how do you represent that you know what I mean so one of the people um who was offered up by another reporter was a transgendered woman who didn't want to give her full name or her identity but she was in a video so you could kind of glean how she presented but then how do you write that? You know what I mean? Like one of the therapists I ended up um, reaching out to is a gay woman who's married to a woman and they've got three kids together. And she offered that up, you know, just in terms of like what her background was. But is that important when she's talking about taking politicians in a canoe to heal? You know, like, so I don't know how to, I had a hard time figuring out how to couch all that and cover different demographics. I spent a whole day looking for a black Republican. And just because I felt like we should have a black Republican. And and the Republican Party didn't call me back. The three people I had contacts for didn't call me back. I kept reaching out. I did find a black woman who was a Democrat, but she didn't want to talk because she was in an argument with her cousin over it or something. So it just became really hard to try to, like, represent different demographics without making it seem like the only reason I was talking to these people were because of their different demographics. And I think once we realized, let's talk about red and blue instead of all these different subsets, it became a whole lot easier, you know? Yeah, I think we had to let go of, um, which, I mean, it was, it is really, um, on the one hand, it was great to get a lot of advice from people and to have people weighing in, interested in the topic and thinking about it through their individual lenses, right? And thinking, um, okay, here's how I'm interpreting this election and how it's, how I feel in the aftermath and all of that. But then it's like, you could almost write a story about each perspective. You could write a story about, well, here's the black perspective. Here's the Hispanic perspective. Here's, here's the uh, LGBTQ perspective of what the, what it means post-election. So, um, yeah, I think, I think reaching kind of, and again, this is like, this is a very atypical story for us because normally we, you know, we have the story in mind, we have characters in mind, we know where it's going. Um, we know what we're trying to do with it here. It's almost like, through your reporting, we got ourselves to a place that it made sense. And it was more about the political divide. Yeah, very much about being Republicans and Democrats and how, you know, how, how torn in particular families were on the, on the political spectrum. 
Right, and it was interesting that even the, the two main characters I chose to use who couldn't have been on op- more opposite sides of the fence, when I asked them what they wanted, both of them had almost similar things. You know, well, the one lady was like, let's just move forward and drop it. And the other guy was like, well, let's keep fighting. But their main goal was like, can I have Thanksgiving dinner with my family? You know, I thought that was pretty universal. Yeah, I think, and I, you know, again, I mean, I think you made lemonade out of lemons and, uh, but that, that, and then that, the way you came into it, that contrast of they, they, they both have family members they'd really rather not get into a political conversation with, but they also want to be with family and they want to move past some of the acrimony and, you know, get it, get to a nice place. So, um, anyway, I, Lane did a really terrific job of, I, I, and I know she wasn't like, this isn't like her story. She's going to say, oh, thank God I wrote this story this year. But um, in terms of weaving in and out, letting these two characters be a thread throughout and then weaving the advice because they ended up being um, pretty good fodder for what some of the experts were saying you needed to do. I mean, they gave you some some good you know handoffs. Well, and I, I know maybe this is, um, you're going to laugh at me for this, but I really did want to find some hope in this too. Like... <laughs> Always hope. Always some hope, you know, but what's the hope is that maybe from both sides they want the same thing. Because I did talk to a lot lot of people who were like, hell no, we're not going to heal. Hell no, I'm not talking to Uncle Charlie at Thanksgiving dinner. I can't put this aside. He's a bad person. She's a bad person. Never mind. I just won't speak to him again, you know. But I felt like a lot of those stories had already been told. So this (laughs) one, and I'm glad, like, we should probably say that you were willing to wait a week on this until something Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It was decided because it felt impossible to write this before the election had been called. And if I'd written it, you know, to go in that Sunday's paper after the Biden announcement, that would have been a disaster, <laughs> you know? So I think, it, I, I knew it couldn't wait longer than that, but I'm glad it had another week to get reaction and, and kind of look at what the new reality was going to be, you know? It will, not that it's over. <laughs> so yeah, editing tip 101, don't publish something if you don't really know what the story is trying to accomplish. <laughs> um, no, and I, I I do think though, it's a, it. it it's interesting because we just scratched the surface on a lot of these topics. Like we talked about that. I think there's probably, and we're going to spend years writing about um, our fractured society, right? And how people feel and whether you feel uh, hopeful or not hopeful about the future. And there are always winners and losers after an election. And where do you go with that? So I don't know if any of the folks out there are wrestling with these kind of stories, but um, it, 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 it was, uh, it, it was a, a a good challenge for us. I think one of the struggles you had too is how much to include from each of these experts. And like you did end up getting a lot of information. Um, so you want to talk about how you think about, think that through? How do you make choices about what to pick out and what to what to highlight besides offering it up to your editor to look at? That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Didn't I just give it to you? <laughs> no, I usually don't um, type out all my notes. I usually just use a big legal pad and, and pen and then go right from my notepad to typing. Um, but this time I felt like I needed to type out all the experts because they overlapped in a lot of ways. 
and I wanted to see like, okay, I can use this psychiatrist to say this, but this family counselor to say this and this outdoor therapist to say that. And so I kind of went through after I transcribed them all to, and highlighted like the parts that, that overlapped and then crossed out, you know, who was better than the rest. And then I think you ended up cutting about a third, if not a half of what they said too, because <coughs> I'm not used to writing really quote heavy stories anymore. I mean, that used to be my bread and butter back, you know, when I was in a bureau and shagging three stories a day, they were like really heavily quote heavy. But now I'm like, I'd much rather use my voice, but I couldn't really figure out what my voice was here other than like, hey, dear readers, here's some advice and helps helps on the way, (laughs) you know, like, so not having being able to figure out what my own voice or tone in that was made me rely on their quotes more, which needed you to then step in and like whittle away all the detritus you know how 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 challenging has that been I know it's been challenging but I mean it's frustrating I think for you not to be able to be in a room with someone to be having to do this over the phone or over zoom and um to because you're so good at developing relationships with your sources like and then this story uh like just like you basically like just talk to me for a while until I figure out what it is that we want to want to include here um have you have you picked up any ways to to kind of make it better? I mean, you're. I think one of the things is obviously still you're very patient with people when they're talking, and you'll let them wander a little bit. But anything else you've picked up? Well, and I I feel like in a way, I've always hated doing interviews on the phone, you know, and I feel like people are real dismissive usually on the phone. They want to get rid of you, but somehow in the pandemic, people seemed more real. Oh, I got someone to talk to, you know. So so they will like meander a little bit more it's much harder than when you're in person you know and I can go oh is that a cute picture of your baby on your desk or oh let me meet your dog over here you know it's much harder not having that but I was real honest with these people and uh I know we've talked about this before but I'm I'm 53 years old and all of a sudden it's okay to be dumb you know and I didn't try to go in with these people and go here's what I want to do a story about I was like me and my editor and my friends and my family have been talking about this and blah, blah, blah. We're not really sure what to do with it. So I, I let it be real loose, you know, and real conversational. And like, why did you want to be a therapist? How did you get into political science? You know, and so we talked a lot about their background in that field kind of before we got to the here and now. Um, I didn't really care about their politics, but almost all of them wanted to offer it to me. You know, it came up kind of in the conversation. So I think, yeah, just being patient was the thing. I was like, I, I had, I think, 12, a dozen different experts I wanted to reach out to. I probably spent an hour, hour and a half on the phone with each one of them, called a lot of them back to ask follow-up questions, shared some emails. You know, some of them sent some articles afterwards. Uh, here's something we were talking about, you know. So it was beyond just the phone call, I guess is what I'm saying. But it certainly isn't the same as sitting in someone's living room or on the other side of their therapist's couch, you know. You got something personal out of one guy after an hour and a half, right? It took him an hour and a half to, to admit that his own family had issues. <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise. And then all of a sudden, it was one of those things where like, oh, I kind of liked you up until you said that. <laughs> he, he basically was using this analogy at the end. He's like, a, I don't know, 60-something-year-old white man from the, I think it's from Mississippi or Alabama or somewhere. He, he basically was using this analogy of like, if he could become more woke, in his older years, despite his upbringing, and he had a gay son who he didn't agree with him being gay at all, but he still loved him, then maybe the country could come together. You know, I was not asking about his kids or his gender identity or any of that. It was just like, he felt so proud of this that he had overcome this thing um, 
that that was an interesting, yeah, an interesting way our, our conversation took a turn where I didn't know it would go there, you know. What was the reaction to that story? Um, the over, I think the overwhelming number of emails I got were just people who were like, thank you, you know, this is my family's going through this, me and my coworker are going through this, me and my brother are going through this. You know, and a couple of people said, oh, this is going to give us a jumping off point at Thanksgiving. You know, like we appreciate this because we need to have these conversations and maybe I'll try Zoom even if I don't want to see their face in person now. You know, <laughs> so that, that was most of the reactions. Um, the one um, from one of the uh, the man, Bill Overstreet, Overcast, Bill Overcast, the Republican in the story. He called me at like, I don't know, five o'clock in the morning, whatever that day that the story posted and his daughter, um, his 23. 20- three 24 year old daughter was like livid with him and didn't like him mentioning that she was for Biden when he was for Trump and didn't like her him mentioning that the reason was because she supported abortion rights and he's like you got me in such hot water with my daughter and we've already been in therapy and blah 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 and I was like oh you didn't tell me you've been in therapy already you know and I didn't name her I purposely didn't name her I said his 23 year old daughter you know because I didn't talk to her it wasn't about her it was just him wanting to heal you know but she was apparently livid about it and I I went back in I took out the part that, that was because that she I said she supported Biden but I took out the part that was because it was over abortion because that was her like drop dead dad I hate you moment <laughs> and I thought I could still get the point across that she's a Biden fan without having to say why she's a Biden fan um so yeah that was kind of the, this weird aftermath and then he sent me a let a, a note um said thank you you know they were able to talk to their therapist and they were able to have Thanksgiving and was all okay in the overcast home, but it was, it always stresses me out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to make things worse for people, you know? Right. Right. But I wish he told you they were in therapy. That would have been fun. (laughs) It's like, I'm glad I didn't tell you that. And I would have reached out to her, except for he said, I don't really think she's going to want to talk to you. And this is just me as a father saying like, this is our problem, you know? So I, I don't know. I probably should have given her a call, but I, I purposely didn't want to put her name or any identifying information in there, you know? Well, and you didn't want to veer off into, um, you know, too deep into either one story because we were trying to have them sort of represent sort of the tension. I do think at the end of the day, even though the, we took a really strange route to get to this story, I think I think we did hit a chord that, that every, it seems like almost every family is dealing with it in some fashion or form, um, you know, whether it's generational or, um, you know, there are issues just around um, whether whether you disagree with any of your family members at this moment in time when when all of this is still swirling. So, and it stays topical because who knows? If we're waiting till January twentieth to see what happens. <laughs> Will this election ever be over? You know, my eighty year old dad and his twin brother are in this big blue red giant fight, and my uncle posted something online about like. Which so now that Biden's been confirmed or whatever, which Republicans would you like to see in the can in the cabinet? And my dad posts back none in big giant black letters. And it's like, okay, Dad, you're not ready to heal. Here we go. <laughs> all right, as I said, we'll post the link to the story so you can read it all. And um, if you have a question for Lane about this story or you want to suggest a podcast topic, find us on our Facebook group or email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Ayana Ishmael. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 